0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Victor's Valiant Podcast here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And with me are my two bros from Central Michigan University, Amy McDonald and Colin Logs. And boys, how are we doing? We're 4-0. We must be uh, feeling all right, at least.
1: Oh, yeah, feeling great.
2: Hey, just from Michigan's perspective, that second half yesterday was pretty encouraging.
0: Absolutely. Hi, and uh, we're where, where can the uh, fine listeners follow you guys on Twitter at?
2: Uh, you can find me at, at Andy underscore McDonald 23.
1: And you can follow me at Cullen underscore Logston.
0: Excellent. Everything sounds good. So let's get into it. Let's uh, recap this game real quick. Michigan, their first true road test at Purdue, the uh, fighting Boilermakers, they, uh, they've been looking pretty <laughs> good this year, surprising, uh, with Jeff Brom, new head coach, uh, got quarterback David Blau, I thought he was going to have more of an impact in this game, but he only had 13 passing attempts. They relied on Elijah Sindelar a little more. Uh, He had 16 pass attempts, so pretty evenly split there uh, from the quarterback's perspective. But Wilton Spate had a pretty rough start to the game, uh, ended up getting injured, and John O'Korn comes in, finishes 18 for 26 for 270 passing yards, one touchdown, and one interception that I won't really lay on his shoulders. I'd put that more on Grant Perry just... Dropping the ball and having it fly five feet in the air. Uh, Brandon Peters came in. He finally uh, was able to get some mop-up duty, even if it was for just uh, just for one one drive. He had one pass attempt, had four yards. Uh, Kareem Walker also came in and uh, got some got some uh, carries there. He had three of them for seven yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chris Chris Evans had a a great rebound game. Ninety-seven finally. yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, it it only took. Uh, to start the Big Ten season. But he came in, had two touchdowns, uh, had the clincher there at the end, the 49-yard touchdown run. Uh, It was really electric there. Uh, That burst of speed for him to go right through the middle there was uh, really good to see, uh, both on his perspective and the offensive lines as well. Um, Speaking of the offensive line, we had a little shifting of offensive linemen. Um, Saw John Runyon Jr. in there at right guard a little bit. Uh, instead of Michael Onwenu, uh, that whole right side has been having some problems this season. That really continued uh, in this game with Onwenu and uh, <clears throat> Nolan Ulizio. He he had uh, given up some some hits on John O'Corn and uh, has really just been uh, poor play, um, if I'm being quite honest. But it was good to see uh, the tight ends get utilized a little more. Sean McCune had a good game. Uh, he led the way with 82 yards. Zach Gentry <laughs> had a touchdown. Uh, we saw Nick Eubanks in the mix a little bit there and, uh, Ian Bunting, I saw a little bit of him. He didn't have a catch, but it was good to see him out on the field. And Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Has, uh, basically solidified himself at this point as, uh, the blocking tight, tight end. So, uh, everything looked pretty good, uh, from an offensive standpoint once, once uh, Spate was sadly injured. So hope, hopefully he's all right. Um, you know, never want to wish an injury upon anybody, but general corn definitely, uh, looked really good, but, um. On the Purdue side, uh, on the offensive side, they they really couldn't do anything most of the game. That Michigan defense was as stout as ever. Devin Bush is uh, he he he's <laughs> going to be an All American at some point. It, it's going to oh, yeah. happen. Um, yeah. And if it doesn't happen, there's some highway robbery going on. But him and Chase Winovich they had fantastic games. Um, Rashawn Gary didn't do a whole lot. He he um you know laid some pretty nice blocks on uh, uh the offensive lineman and. He actually had one devastating one on a running back, but actually only had one tackle in this game, which was uh uh definitely surprising. So he had a quiet game, but linebackers played great, they were sideline to sideline as usual, and the secondary looked pretty good as well. Um But the main question I want to ask you guys is about quarterback, obviously with Spate being injured. Uh do we trust John O'Corn if uh Spate's gonna be out for a significant amount of time? Because that injury uh <clears throat> looks pretty gruesome in my opinion. That it was a uh, spine or head injury, something of that nature. I, I know that Harbaugh said it was a soft tissue injury, but that's about as vague as they
1: come. So we'll start with Cullen. Um, do you trust O'Corn if he's going to be out for a while? Not only do I trust O'Corn if Spade's out, but if Spade is fully healthy, I 100% am behind John O'Corn at this point. That, uh, not, to, not to wish any ill fate uh, uh, to Spate, you know, You never want to see a guy get hurt like that. I hope he gets better. And that injury may have just saved the season for Michigan football. It was obvious Jim Harbaugh was not going to go to O'Korn. He was sticking with Spate far too long. We all saw it. Spate was not adjusting with this new uh, more spread passing attack. He wasn't gelling with the younger receivers. He just wasn't there. He couldn't move. He just wasn't a good fit. O'Corn comes right in. His mobility was the instant factor. And the second, like you guys said, he started getting those tight ends involved. That passing attack was pretty lethal, especially in the late in the third and the fourth quarter. Yeah, him, absolutely. Him, Gentry, McHugh, and they got some good chemistry there. And it was it all started with O'Corn's footwork because obviously the O line, like you guys said, has had some breakdowns in the passing game, especially the right side. So his ability to run is what generated all that. Uh, obviously, he's quick. He can move around. And he just has those short little um, fast passes, something Spate doesn't have. Spade's more of a loftier passer. Better for downfield, but when you're doing short, quick, spread passes, uh, O'Korn's, O'Korn's uh, skill set just works so much better for that. He looked locked in. He looked confident, something we haven't seen out of Spade all year. And the second he started getting the passing game involved with the tight ends and all that, the running game finally exploded. That's when you finally saw our guy Chris Evans break out. Um, Higdon and Isaac um, had some good carries as well But just O'Korn, this, the offense just runs so much smoother with him He's the guy you have to go with the rest of the way Spades had so much time after the injury to finally prove himself again He hasn't done that this, uh, If you want to win a Big Ten championship this year The offense has got to be better than it was It finally looked that way when O'Korn comes in He is 100% the guy And I think anyone who watched that game uh, understands that Andy, do you feel that same way?
2: Yeah, you can't argue with it. Um, I was I was a guy that was very against John O'Korn. Um I didn't really think that he had the pocket presence or, you know, any, any real ability to be able to play in the Big Ten. Um, he showed me differently in that game. Um, you know, the second quarter when he had his first, like, touchdown drive of the game, actually touchdown pass, I believe it was, he had the Gentry. You know, after that, it kind of was a couple drives of, like, not being able to do anything against. I thought, okay, you know every, you know, I forget what the saying is, where you find a nut, every school finds a nut every once in a while or whatever it is. It's kind of like that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, the second half, he still didn't, you know, there was, it was pretty. It seemed pretty stagnant, at least to start the second half. And then all of a sudden they got these touch-on drives going, and it was one after another from the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. When you can finish a game like that against a Purdue team, you know, they had their crowd there, they, you know, had the fan base in this one. They were a fired-up team that was ready to win. I don't care if it's Purdue or not that hasn't beaten Michigan in a long time or whatever, that still is very impressive to me that, you know, that he was able to come in and be able to control the game like that, especially at the end of the game. It's not like you know he let them get back in the game at all. He led them down the field. He got them through drives, and he really operated the offense very well. Some of Spade has not been able to do in the past weeks, and you know, as, as sad as it may be for Wilton, you know, we don't know what Spade would have done towards the end of that game. Maybe he would have had a good game if he wouldn't have got hurt. Maybe he would have came out and played just as well in the second half. But the fact of the matter is that Alcorn actually did it. We've seen it, so you have to keep giving this guy a chance now. You can't just take him out of the game. Um, you know what? How how he was able to use the tight ends and work the offense. The play where he looked like you know Johnny Football when he escaped that guy in the pocket and yeah, moved around. That was pretty. You know, that, yeah, that that was one hundred percent proving me wrong to say that he can't you know get out of the pocket or make a play. He was spitting balls into tight windows and you know there's that moment where maybe you'll throw an interception on some of those passes and it'll put you down but he was able to get completions that gives you more confidence as you move forward and you know he'll keep trying to get him into tight spaces and he was able to do it yesterday no matter what pass he had to make he seemed like he was able to make the pass Um, I mean throwing for you know getting up towards near 300 yards and and not even playing a full game I mean overall you can't argue with numbers you can't argue with the results that Michigan got he played great and right now he's got I think he's got to be their starting quarterback Mm -hmm. moving forward.
0: And you said one word that changed uh, really everything in the quarterback position once Spate went out and O'Korn came in, and that was confidence. That's something that Spate has truly lacked this entire season, uh, if not really uh, at, at the sheer end of last season, starting at that Ohio State game, uh, into the Florida State game. And then even in Florida, he looked shaky a little bit. And then just it just keeps continuing and continuing. And it looked that way against Purdue until he got injured. O'Korn came in. He fired five for five on that mm-hmm. first drive that they had him in. Uh, he threw that touchdown to Gentry, and it looked like he was as confident as any quarterback Michigan has had since I don't know, maybe Jake Rudock uh, a couple of years yeah. back. So uh, <laughs> even maybe longer than that. So it's good to see that O'Korn was able to come in, um, you know, prove me wrong, prove Andy wrong. Um, can't really speak for Cullen on that note. I don't know if he proved you wrong. Uh, but definitely me and Andy. Yeah, no, he did. He, did. <laughs> he proved you wrong. I think. He,
2: I think he proved almost everybody wrong, he and I mean was right. Yeah. He he, he came into Mission Games in the past. He got chances to play, and he didn't do anything with it. More or less, he never did anything, and and you know it just kind of came out of nowhere. And he all of a sudden was good. If you would have asked me honestly, when he did come into the game, I would have expected to see Peters by the second half.
1: And that, that, this yeah. it shouldn't surprise people too much because everyone's going to look at last year and be like, oh, when O'Corn played last year against Indiana and all that, he looked terrible. This is a completely different system than last year. Yeah. Spate was a much better fit when it was under center and it was ground and pound and it was old school smash-mouth football. Spate was a much better fit for that because yeah. he's a bigger, Agreed. stronger guy. But when it's a faster offense and you're out of the shotgun every play and you need to make those fast, you know, short passes and all that, O'Korn's skill set is far better. So that's what, that's the difference between this year and uh, this year and last year. It's not that O'Korn just got so much better and Spate got worse. These systems just fit different quarterbacks. So O'Korn fits you now better. If they were still the same offense from last year with Jed Fish, Spate would probably still be the guy. But it's not and uh, O'Korn's just better for this. When he was at Houston, we saw those awesome highlights of him. It was the same kind of offense, and then he balled out. Yeah, Colin, so
2: I think what you said about lofty passes, I think that's exactly like the right word to say. Because when, when you see Spate try to throw those tight passes, that's what he couldn't do. O'Korn was able to execute those yesterday. So in those more yeah. short, quick passes, you ha- you have to have that to kind to of a player.
1: Yeah, O'Korn has the touch to make those. Spate doesn't.
2: Exactly. Play. I agree with that 100%. That was the difference.
0: Another thing that I really liked about John O'Korn was the ability to check down, that's not something that Spade has really done all that much this year. You see Chris Evans had two catches for 28 yards. Kron Higdon had a catch for 22 yards. Henry Pogie of all people, had a catch for 11 yards. So just being able to go through your reads, you know, oh, uh, Kakoa's not open. Donovan Peoples-Jones isn't open. All right, I'll just check it down just for a few yards even. But th- the running backs were able to really create space in the uh, passing game practically ever since O'Corn came in uh, on Saturday. It was, it was nice to see the the running backs get some, some play in the passing game, and uh, the fact that you use them with your tight ends, you're going to get space for your wide receivers at some point. You saw Nate Shanley, the walk-on, he got some uh, good playing time there. Didn't see a whole lot of uh, <clears throat> of Oliver Martin or Nico Collins like we were promised by Harbaugh. He said that they were gonna get some action, but I I didn't see any of. the Did you guys notice them on the field at all? Or no,
1: no, and I noticed. Uh, I noticed Nate. Sh- I don't know hey, how Shane you pronounce Lee. his last name. Yeah, Shane, he, Yeah, he had the one catch. I didn't notice the other guys, but I just don't think they know the playbook well okay. enough yet. Yeah,
0: because that was one thing that um, heading into the week, Harbaugh said that they're gonna try to get them yeah. more involved in in the uh, right in the offense. But maybe the sp- uh, Spate injury kind of changed things, but. But yeah, Shane Lee he, he had two catches for 29 yards, so it was good to see the walk on get in and uh and pick up uh, some key first downs actually. He he played uh yeah, really well did. for for what it's worth. Um but yeah, yeah, the offense um no besides the quarterback position, um you know, I would say that that I'm pretty confident uh overall in the offense going forward after after this with uh yeah, you know, as long as they keep utilizing the tight ends and the running backs. And and that'll like I said, that'll create opportunities for the wide receivers to get wide open um, on those deep crossing routes. Donovan Peoples Jones is gonna have them eventually. Donovan, it, it, DPJ actually had a pretty nice catch, but it got called back on a uh, a questionable holding call. But anyways, right. mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm pretty confident in this offense moving forward, um, you know, with or without you know excluding the quarterback position. What what say you guys, Andy? What do you think?
2: I mean, yeah, I'm confident I, I saw a lot in this game, but I, I do want to see more. Um, I, and I think when they Michigan State obviously didn't have the greatest night last night, but um, when they do come back out of this bye week, I'm really interested to see where they're at because I mean I, I think that I saw that Spate had no timetable for his return. I don't know if you guys saw anything different, but whoever is the quarterback, I just want to see how they gel with this offense you know for a, a second consistent week. Um, I, I just I need to see a little bit more before I say like I'm 100% confident with how they are moving forward, because I think there still could definitely be some flaws there if they go up against a good defense. Um, not to say that Purdue has like, a horrible defense or anything, but and it was on the road, and it was a big stage. He proved that he can do that now. I just want to see it more consistently. But there's definitely more confidence in me right now with O'Corn than I've had with Wilton Spade all season running the offense. So um, I think if he can... Show me a little bit more that he can do that week to week, then it's going to overall be better, and this team should be able to run better through a guy that can play like he did.
1: I agree. What do you think, Colin? Uh, See, I'm iffy on this, because I want to believe what I saw in the second half is what I'm going to see the rest Mm -hmm. of the season. But I still need to see more out of the receivers. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. Now, now, obviously we got the tight ends involved, we got the fullbacks, the running game. But do we have that solid number one receiver right now? Like that guy we know can make a play for us. Cole Crawford has been extremely inconsistent. Yeah. Grant Perry is, you know, he's good at the little five, ten yard catches, but he's not a big play threat. And Donovan Peoples Jones barely gets uh, any passes thrown his way. So who's really that top receiver yet? If you want to be a lethal offense and you want to win a Big Ten championship, you got to have that one go to receiver. You can't just have three tight ends and that be your only like passing game. You got to get the receivers involved, and I know they're going to develop more as the year goes on, but I need to see more of it now, and I want to see more to Crawford. I want to see McDoom get involved. I want to see Peoples Jones finally get some passes. Um, I really wish Black didn't get hurt because I think he could. I think he was that go-to guy, and he was going to be your big, your big threat guy uh, going forward. Now other guys are going to have to step up. So I'm still iffy on the tight end position. Um, I want to see more tight ends, obviously, but yeah, I mean wide receivers. Um, still iffy there. We'll see the rest of the way, but I, I'm confident now that we have a quarterback. We, we know our quarterback, that he'll build, that he'll gel with those wide receivers, mm-hmm. and we'll see more of it.
0: I'm actually kind of surprised that I didn't see Eddie McDoom at all on the field uh, when I rewatched it. I actually wasn't able to watch it live. I had to watch it this morning. I was at a wedding last night. But, but yeah, that, that was one of the guys that I was kind of surprised that didn't get a whole lot of playing
1: time, if any, was Eddie Dude, was they haven't Eddie used McDoom. him on all this shit. It's yeah. so disappointing like give him some damn end of rounds like uh-huh. yeah, do something with him he's so he's so fast use him I I
0: wouldn't use him as much in the end rounds anymore I feel like teams have pretty much locked into that when they see him on the field that's basically what he's going to be used for I would use him more in the receiving game I I mean he was able to uh show some pretty nice moves actually in the uh, Air Force game once uh, uh he he got some playing time uh, I it, it wasn't a whole lot but I think he got uh, three or four catches there, and he was making some nice moves on those defenders that were trying to k- tackle him. Um, yeah. So I would say that he should definitely get more playing time. Um, another like the, oh go like ahead. the
2: word that I said is consistency, man. I mean, I think that that's what I was trying to say when I was talking about the rest of it. I just need to see more consistency in this offense. Use these guys that you have with talent and different roles, and do it more consistently. Consistent plays because yeah. it's like one game you see a lot out of one player, and then all of a sudden you don't see anything out of him the next game. I mean, obviously, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a big punt return. That's why his name is brought up. He said it. I mean, he had one pass. I was thinking back from the holding. But other than that, I didn't really hear much about him at all this game. You know, that's not – got to find your guys um, and, you know, get them in a rhythm with the whole offense as a whole and make it work better. I I just think that sometimes they're not using – everyone as good as they possibly could. Or like, you know, like you're saying right now, McDoom's just not getting the playing time that he probably should. There's just people that need to be on the field more that aren't getting the opportunity, and I'm not really sure why.
1: Do you think I – th- I think the play calling still concerns me mm-hmm. too. Like you'll see, you'll see the run game will be going so well, and that'll be like leading their drive, and then they'll, just do, they'll pass on first and second down, both the incomplete passes, and then they'll, then they'll third and long and have to pass again, and then they just punt. It's like the play calling is so inconsistent and it seems like there's no for sure game plan that I I need to see more of that, too. I'm still iffy on Jim Drovno and then Pep Hamilton. I'm not exactly sure how big of a role he has in calling the plays and all that, but they got to get on the same page and they got to be more consistent, too. Do you think
0: that maybe we're not seeing as much out of the wide receivers right now because of how deep that tight end position is with guys like McCune, Eubanks, Gentry, guys like that?
1: No, because they never used those guys until this past yeah, year. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I agree you with know, that. Like, We've
1: we been called for that the entire year, and they finally did this time because they had no other choice. I just think the wide receivers just aren't good right no. now. It, it, no, In, I, I, in what I, I, way I, would you say? Like, they don't know, they I don't know, they can't create separation. Yeah. Like when, when they do, there's, there's 20 true. drop passes. Kakoa, I'd, say I especially,
2: I'd say definitely Peoples-Jones, I, th- I think his route running is just not there right now. I don't think he's creating enough separation. Because if he was open, I mean, you've seen the electricity that he has when he does have the ball in his hands. But if if you're not open to get it there, then that's probably why he's not getting as many passes towards them, I think, personally. Yeah.
0: I remember, one, it was Crawford. He wasn't able to get separation. It was actually a pretty nice deep ball by, by O'Corn. It was right on the money, but... Crawford, uh, the cornerback, was draped all over him the entire time. It was actually really nice coverage. But if Kokoa would have cut a little more upwards, he probably could have beaten him and uh, probably had a touchdown. Um, it, it, at the very least, it would have been a pretty big gain, probably 30, 40 yards, something like that. But, yeah, I, I do agree that the wide receivers do need to polish their route running a little bit, and that's the one thing that Tariq Black brought uh, to to that game, and that's why he was – out there starting week 1 against Florida was that he's such a like it, the the route running for him was spotless. I mean, you never mm-hmm. really um yeah. saw some problems for, uh out of that from him. Um, you know, I mean, he had some some uh uh catching disabilities, I would say. Um, you know, he would he dropped a few. He dropped one in Florida, he dropped uh another one I think against Cincinnati. I want to say um so he yeah. did have some problems being but able to catch the ball, but those.
1: he always came back and made up for him. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, exactly right. So, uh, so I, I, why can't we just mesh Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones together into one <laughs> super hybrid wide receiver? How nice would that be? be
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that would be uh, that would definitely be needed for for U of M. But I mean, do, do we see any problems with the running game at this point? Um, you know, we saw a little more Chris Evans. Uh, in this game, Cron Higdon kind of got into the doghouse after his fumble, which was pretty bad. But Isaac also didn't get that many carries as well, but I think that that, that may have been a precaution because of uh, the I injury. I agree. I think
2: it was something uh, that was bad. I think that may have been of because of the ball. injury
0: he sustained against Air Force. But, I mean, do we see any problems with the running is. game at all? Because we haven't
1: really talked about them all that much. I'm I'm still a little concerned with the, uh, just like like we keep saying, consistency. It seems it's either like one yard or it's like, yards. <laughs> like, I need, I need, I need more five yards, you know, five yards, five yards, six yards, you know, four yards, 10 yards. I need more of those consistent runs either yeah. than just like little play or big play. You know, I need more of that, but I'm glad Chris Evans finally broke out. He's obviously, we always knew he's the most talented guy. Yeah. Isaac was Agreed. just, Isaac was just the hardest worker the first few weeks. And, uh, Karan Higdon, obviously a hard worker too, but we know he's kind of the, the third guy when it comes to that group. I think that's pretty obvious. More Evans, more passes for him more uh, different looks, and try to get him on the outside because he's so damn elusive and fast. Stop rushing him up the middle every time. That's what Isaac should be used for. I
2: agree. I I, I agree with that 100%. There is definitely a lot of inconsistency. Numbers can be deceiving. There's plays where, you know, runners break away, and that makes, you know, your yards per carry look a lot better. And I think that does happen in a sense a lot with, like, Michigan's running backs right now. There definitely needs to be either some new designs or something with, like you said, getting Chris Evans to the outside I think is very, very important. Um, he's running between the tackles. Sometimes this isn't going to work, and I'm, and I'm sick of seeing that where Michigan runs right at the gut into you know, a bunch of people and they're not getting yards. Sometimes you just got to accept that you don't always have runners that are going to be able to play that football that Harbaugh wants to just play where it's just punchy in the mouth. Right now Michigan's got a lot of speed in this offense. So I'd like to see a lot of different designs where they you know, get it to the outside more, whether you know it's like a, a pitch-type play to run to the outside or just a handoff more directly to the outside, uh, even some of those shovel passes, whatever it is, just to get them more to the outside to use their speed and ability towards the sideline to be able to get up the sideline. I think that's what Michigan needs to do right now to be able to change it up and maybe get more consistency on yards per carry. Because I think if you let these guys string it out, they're going to find more holes and be able to beat more people one-on-one out there in that area, then they're going to be able to just push through people going up the middle. I mean, Isaac obviously has shown that he can do that from time to time. Yeah. But when it comes to Evans or Higdon, I think they're more of a strength around the outside.
0: Yeah, I would probably agree with that. But it, it was also nice to see uh, uh, some wide receiver screens, actually. I haven't seen a whole lot of those this year. I know that Crawford had one, and uh, I think Peoples-Jones may have had another one as well. So that makes up for the inconsistency in the rushing game because that's a 5- mm-hmm. or 6-yard pickup there um, with those. It seemed like Purdue was uh, not really playing a whole lot of uh, up-in-your-face coverage with their cornerbacks, so it was nice that they were able to utilize that. Also, I want to talk real quick about Brandon Peters and Kareem Walker finally getting some playing time. It was nice to see them. Uh, like I said earlier, Peters was one for one with that four-yard first down pickup to end the game there, and then Kareem Walker had three carries for seven yards. Um, I mean, Is this what you guys think is, is primarily what they're going to be used for this season at least, is mop-up duty? Uh, I mean, especially out of uh, Brandon Peters, I expect that. But do you think Kareem Walker can get significant playing time at all this year?
2: Mm, there's a lot of competition there. I don't know.
1: Colin? I'd say the only way that happens is if somebody gets hurt or two guys start really playing bad and they need some kind of spark, and then he comes in and just, like, sets the place. It's going to simply
2: them. be if people Which, don't look like they're giving off it. Okay. Yeah, I don't see it yeah, happening either. I, I think that right now mission's pretty safe.
1: He didn't play all last year, so he, him and Peters are both kind of learning the playbook and getting experience. Yeah. Just, he's, he's not ready yet, especially with three quality experienced backs in front of yeah. him. Yeah, he'll definitely get some playing time next year once Ty Isaac has is, uh,
0: graduated and gone, finally. I mean, it seems like he's been here forever. So, But it's good to see him finally get yeah. some some good uh, significant time as well, Ty Isaac, and he's played. Yeah, no, played Ty Isaac's well. just
2: working his ass off so far yeah, this year. Absolutely. I mean, that, that, and that's the reason he's getting where he's at right now. I mean, you play like that, that's going to get you to that point.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree. Derek Green is somewhere taking this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I kind of was thinking the same He's like, thing. Like, oh, that's that's how you work hard to get your body in shape, huh? Oh, yeah. Weird.
0: Yeah. It, it, what a concept. What a concept. I, it's it's so I so difficult, but you know, but um, but yeah, moving into our final segment here, uh, you know, handing out our game MVP for uh, Michigan versus Purdue. We'll start with you, Andy. Who is your uh, game MVP?
2: Well, you know, I got to go with John O'Corn. I, I really can't go against the guy. I mean, how, how I, to me, you come into the game, you play like that in a stage where Michigan needed to get a win. Um, obviously, this is the third time this year where people have, you know, talked smack before the game started that they were going to be able to beat Michigan. Uh, Purdue doing the same thing again this week, saying that they wish that they played Ohio State right now, too, with the way that they're playing. Michigan just comes in and beats them again. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 what, you know, O'Corn lives up to. He, he had to go up against that hype, playing the road, playing a – um, big stage and he was able to get the job done I, I mean there's players that played well in this game I think Chris Evans is also someone that could be very deserving because the way that he finally ran and was able to yeah. get himself really into the running game get a couple and get the score and whatever but I think overall just the way that um, he was Earl Corn was able to run the offense and get them done consistent drives and what impressed me more than anything else them was the way that he was able to end the game with those consistent drives be able to put the game away. That's what Michigan has struggled with um, in the past few weeks, their offense not being able to score. When they got in the red zone, which we haven't really mentioned as much, they're able to score. So four that's that's Thank something... God. That's how I'm saying. So, and, and the fact that he was able to do that with this offense and they were 1-for-10 before that, it speaks volumes. I think the, the numbers do it for themselves in this case. So um, John O'Corn definitely my MVP this week. 3-for-3,
0: three three, excuse me, not 4-for-4. Four four. That last touchdown was a 49-yard rushing touchdown. But I digress, mm-hmm. so it's still 100%.
1: Colin, who's your uh, game MVP? I like the pick, Andy, but I'm going to go with my boys on defense. <laughs> and uh, one in particular, my boy Chase Winovich on the defensive mm-hmm. line at six tackles, three sacks, and four tackles East. for loss. That's yeah, a lost. hell of a I mean, dude, this, this guy's been incredible this year. And I'd like to take some credit. When we gave our bold predictions in the summer, I said Chase Winovich would lead this team in sacks and tackles for loss. Right it's, now he currently yeah. is. He's a bad, bad man. Obviously, he, he's a beneficiary of – Hurst and Gary. I mean, Gary's stats aren't great this year, but teams obviously game plan around him. I mean, it's there's a little team. Guy. <laughs> but Chase, Vinic- Chase Winovich is taking oh, full yeah. advantage of that. He's, like, he's, uh, he's playing like a great player. Um, Devin Bush behind him has been amazing, but Winovich is my guy right now. I love that guy.
0: Yep. I'm with you. If I wasn't going to pick Winovich in this one, uh, you know, that, that's a good pick. I, I was thinking about picking him, but uh, with you picking him, I think I'm going to go with uh, Devin Bush. The other guy that you mentioned there, six tackles, one sack, that tackle for loss, he almost had two interceptions, um, which would have been really nice. That would have been defensive player of the week for any conference in America. I mean, he just played his ass off sideline to sideline. He was tackling guys left and right. Uh, he, he's been all over the field all year. So to, uh, to give him the game MVP, I feel like this could be a weekly thing. Uh, with uh, with yeah, with either yeah, Winovich right. or Bush or literally anyone on the defense. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, just how about the linebacking core this it's year? Amazing. Like in general, This compared to what you know what people might have thought coming in, just because the names weren't as big after the past few years <laughs> of just having what seemed like the same names all the time. These guys are playing uh, hella football right now. That is that is playing great. hell Hella good football.
1: They've never had a defense this athletic in fast yeah, before. Insane. When's the last time? Last time they had a linebacker as good as Devin Bush, oh, maybe man. never. Like this guy is incredible. Yeah. He, he might be the best in college football. And people right say
2: whatever for his size, that doesn't matter with the way that he hits and the way that he tackles. Fundamentally, he just does everything the right way. And that, and you, you can, you know, get your whatever. If he's a little bit smaller than your typical linebacker, that doesn't matter at all with the way that he's able to move and get to somebody and bring him
1: down. Yeah, yeah. Speed, speed is more important than, uh, than bolt, than especially in today's in game. Yep. And Devin Bush definitely <laughs> proves yeah, he, he that. Fast And that was their downfall. That was their only
0: downfall linebacker last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you had Ben Gideon, and, you know, these guys were all great players, but definitely they they didn't have that speed factor that Devin Bush and all these other players do.
1: Yeah, they couldn't play on the edge. They couldn't cover running backs. They couldn't cover fast tight ends. That was always our Achilles heel. We finally got that now, and you see our defense. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think
0: that's going to uh, do it for this week's edition of Victor's Valiant. And uh, go check us out on iTunes in the Google Play Store. You don't have to listen to us just on Maze & Brew anymore. You can download us from iTunes in the Google Play Store. Just search Maze and & Brew and uh, download us and download uh, all of our amazing podcasts. And uh, we will hit you guys up next week. Uh, I, I, we're not going to have a whole lot to talk about with this bye week but we will be back. We'll talk about something. I promise. I guarantee it. So for Andy <laughs> and for Colin, my name is Vaughn, and we will talk to you guys next time. Go Blue.